to the Skeptic Wire. forgot how to do it all. I forgot. <laughs> it is the uh, 166th episode of Skeptic Wire. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, for Oh, it's it's the 2nd of July, 2014. Um, I'm your host, Gareth Lawn, and with me are Greg Perrine. Hiya, folks. And Donna Swafford. Yeah, I'm here. Swafford. 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 Ford. Swafford. Not Swafford. Not Picard, but Picard. Anyway, how's everybody's month been? <laughs> Tell me all about it. No. So we had we had the interesting month. We had the Unholy Trinity Tour come through and give a talk at the UU Church. For those who don't know who the Unholy Trinity are, were, and will be, who was there? Well, let's see. There was uh, Seth Andrews. A.K.A. The Thinking Atheist. Yeah. There was Aaron Ra, A.K.A. Aaron Ra. <laughs> the Visigoth. <laughs> and there was Matt Dillahunty from The Atheist yes. Experience, A.K.A. Matt Dillahunty. <laughs> A.K.A. Beth's husband. Yes. Yes. She, she has a, a, uh, an Etsy thing. She, she makes uh, uh, resin, resin stuff. Resin stuff. And um, her, hers is, a, is the Etsy Bethsy spider. <laughs> That was pretty cool. Yeah, well, watching her try to catch a scorpion. Uh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't her. It was Aaron. So we, Matt and Aaron and Seth gave the talk, and it was really cool. It was about two, two and, two and, and a half, half hours. hours. And then we had sort of an after thing at Debzilla's place. And we uh, Aaron and I noticed a scorpion climbing on the wall. It was like pretty good like four Couple inch inches, long yeah. Yeah. like that big. no it was not that it was it was larger than that it was it was a, it was a good fully it was fully oh. it was the, the, the tail was pointed. okay yet again like, saying that big on a podcast doesn't help let well. me let me give you a clue they are both basically measuring their own penises right now no it's that big no it's this big right and this is why women are bad at math because all their lives they've been told oh, that this is 12 inches which works great on the podcast. Which is, <laughs> no, it's why we park so close to the curb. There, there you go. Um, After party from the yeah. Unholy Trinity. Yeah, so there was this uh, a largish scorpion climbing up the wall of of Deb's place, and Aaron came up and goes, "Oh, hey, check it out!" And he, he called up to to Beth, who was on the balcony, like, "Hey, there's a there's a scorpion here," and she says, "Oh, well, get it, get it. I'll put it in a resin." So. He tried to, to grab the scorpion by the tail, and he was getting there, but it was it was flat. The tail was flat against the wall, so it was very difficult to, to, to get a hold of. But eventually he did grab it. Uh, not he quite. quite. He it's... sort of got it, and then the scorpion did like a triple backflip Lutz, Lutz thing. And it landed wiggled. On... No, it <laughs> leapt off the wall. It literally leapt off the wall and fell on his foot, and then he gave a kick, and we lost it. 
for a while. <laughs> for a bit. And we were all looking around going, where did it go? <laughs> you have a, do- a dozen half-drunk people, like, crawling around tables and pulling out grills and stuff like that, trying to find this scorpion. Right. And Pretty it much. turned out he, he kicked it onto a cushion on one of the seats. And then they got it, and we got a baggie, and we put it And through. Beth basically suffocated it. Yeah. It was cool. The, okay, I guess it's a happy ending. <laughs> Not well, for the scorpion. No. Not for the scorpion. Which is, because scorpions, I mean, they, they, they creep me out, but they, they eat critters and stuff that you don't want around the house. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they also sting you. You know, 50-50. Anyway, so that was exciting. That was the most exciting portion of the evening, really. <laughs> well, I, th- I thought the talks were good, going back to the actual event itself. Oh, sure, yeah. They, 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 they Sometimes it does suffer from the fact that they are preached. I mean, we were doing it in the UU church, so they were almost literally preaching to a choir of people. Right. And, and Well, Seth's was in the form of a, a sermon. Right. Yeah. As opposed to Aaron, who's just like talking and throwing stuff out and then and then Matt who just talks. Yeah, he talked about the some of the debates he's done and kind of acknowledged the fact that he would prefer to be talking to a believer audience like he has done a couple times even down here in San Antonio yeah. and try to convince minds and he loves that kind of thing. So that was interesting to hear that side from him and all three of them. Then there was a abbreviated question and answer period and uh, but it was good. So if they keep touring I would suggest people try to go see them. Yes, Well, indeed. they are taking a break. They are in talks about another tour, but not a lot of details about that yet. They're still talking to people. Yeah. So. And, of course, this isn't their, their job. They actually no. all have day jobs and stuff. So, But I do think that uh, Seth was talking about getting the footage that he took of all three Holy Trinity events or Unholy Trinity events and putting it up maybe on YouTube or something like, like that eventually once he edited it together from the several shows to well, one get of their the, different presentations. One of the things that they did, though, is they each gave the same, basically the same or same-ish speech at each event. So I, he's, he is doing a documentary. Yeah, he's trying to put them all together to give it, you know, the, the biggest bang for what he all what they all did and yeah. should be should be available eventually so if they don't tour in your area if you're in middle of nowhere australia and they haven't made it down there then maybe you might be able to see it on the internets yes the intertubes no after parties though well, on the intertubes well there's for, always for an the... after party on the intertubes <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all just kind of got lost there in our dirtiest parts of our brains. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're going to try something new, are we not? What? What? Well, I thought we'd talk about things that have gone on in our lives, like you. I have a job. It. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I don't have a job. Moving on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Not much has changed except that now I'm, 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 I'm employed. Good. So, yes. You are employed and I am unemployed right now. Well, no. You, you are moving on to another job. You're in between jobs because you have a job. You're just not currently working, working at, at it. it. <laughs> so you're not exactly unemployed. And I have the same old job. <laughs> Though apparently if this is a streak, apparently this means I'm going to have to go find a new job. Yeah. Do it. But we're all doing well. Don't worry, dear listener. Yes. So, moving on. 
Speaking of books. <laughs> I thought that was supposed to be the transition out of this. <laughs> uh, eventually it will be. So <laughs> we're going to try something uh, new in which Greg, why don't you explain it, Greg? Well, there's a lot of stuff out there in the world for education and increasing your self-knowledge, documentaries, videos on YouTube or something like that. But there's books. also books out there. Which, for our younger listeners, a book is kind of a really long, papery tweet. <laughs> and sometimes... As if you printed out Facebook. Yeah. Not everybody likes those books. And I thought it'd be interesting to quiz my cohorts on uh, reading some of those not-so-likey reviews of uh, some famous books from the science and skeptical world see if they can figure out what book it is based on the review that I'm reading. Ah. So the rules we're going to follow right now until we figure out if this works or not is I'm just going to start reading and then within reason, when one of them can figure out what book it is, they will yell it out or hopefully just speak it out because I'm wearing headphones and I can hear them really loudly. Then um, we'll I'll, I'll tell them if they're right or not. So okay. there are five, so it's going to be Best of five, so if you get three, you win. And then we'll keep going, just to have fun. Okay. All right. So these are like one-star reviews of these books, right? Yes, they're all one-star reviews. They're not, they're not like raving reviews. Well, they may be raving reviews, but they're not raving well. They're raving. <laughs> yes. Stuff like that. Okay, I know what I'm trying to say. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so, Amazon reviews, one-star review. The author thinks we're all buffoons. August second 2001 i can certainly believe that some people would call this their bible since it is just as dogmatic as your everyday king uh, james uh, origin of species <laughs> what was it origin of species buzz no. no god delusion nope but with this book the author preaches capitalism atheism and the new world order basically everyone will be a cog in the machine of scientific progress in quotes UFOs, Bigfoot, and crop circles. Oh, uh, Carl Sagan. Uh, uh, Cosmos. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, science is a candle in the dark. Um, Demon-haunted world. Demon-haunted world. Very good, Gary. One point Yay! for Gary. Ding, 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 ding. Um, yeah, basically goes... Actually, I, I, I actually kind of figured that was going to be the first one. So <laughs> I was actually just going to say that, but I couldn't remember the name of the... <laughs> All I could remember was the subtitle. Yep, the, the reviewer goes on to say, UFOs, Bigfoot, and crop circles are all hallucinations and hoaxes, according to the author. The one thing they the author decides to neglect, though, are the findings of the Air Force Project Blue Book, which cataloged <laughs> 701 cases of unidentified flying objects up to 1968. How convenient that the author left this little fact out of his book. The author, um, I, I substituted the author for the, the name, so sure. I'm going to keep doing that. The author overlooks a plethora of information collected by MUFON, NICAP, and SUFOS, basically other UFO, UFO organizations. For some reason, the author doesn't mention any of this in their book. The author must take us all to be dumb, inbred crud breeders. Crud breeders. To the, to the author, we must be all too dumb to tell UFO from swamp gas or Bigfoot from a guy in the costume. I figured by that point, it goes on a little further, but... Figured that by that point you guys would get it, but yes, Carl Sagan. Yeah, of course. Uh, the interesting thing is that, and apparently the writer of this review doesn't know is I don't believe they released anything from Project Blue Book until after Sagan's death, which is much <laughs> after he wrote the book. However, I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah. however, Project Blue Book only 
has 600 plus of unidentified flying objects. It doesn't mean flying saucer. That means they don't know what it was. Or at least the person making the report doesn't know what it was. So the guy's an idiot. Pretty much. Plus, (laughs) I I, I never got the New World Order from reading that book. No, I I will say that Sagan does kind of go on about UFOs. Yeah, (laughs) a bit. Anyway. So, you ready for number two? Sure. Hypocritical! November 14th, 2006. I'm not a religious person, although I consider myself (laughs) spiritual. You go, Bill Clinton. (laughs) (laughs) I did not have sexual relations with that woman. With that book. (laughs) Actually, I did. I did not have sexual relations with that iPad thing that holds uh, fleshlights. I'm not a religious person, but I consider myself spiritual. I don't have a very high opinion of organized religion. What bothers me is the hypocrisy of this book. God delusion. Yes. Buzz. (laughs) (laughs) It was lent lent to me by an atheist friend of mine to, quote, learn the truth. This book is not full of the truth. What? It is full of an atheistic fundamentalist violently advocating elimination of the right to think freely. That is, the right to disagree with the author. The only way I can <laughs> see positive reviews for this book happening are if they are written by people who espouse the author's extremist and fundamentalist viewpoints. Which is frightening, to say the least. And it goes on. Blah, 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 blah. But yeah, blah, blah, you, blah, blah, you get the point of... I, I, I liked this one as a one-star review because the constant refrain from believers, including one we may talk about later in the episode, of you guys are just fundamentalists. Yeah. So. You are not allowed to disagree with the author. Of course you are. Pretty much. It's a book. <laughs> yeah. It's not stopping you from... It, it, you have a one-star review in which you disagree with the author. <laughs> Weird. Okay. So the next couple get a little harder, but we'll see how you guys do. So far, it's two to one. Uh, Donna, you usually shine at the uh, birthday segment, so maybe Gary's just trying to get into something. Maybe he wants to do the segment because he wants to win. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) I'm a winner. All right. I need to take a deep breath on this one because there isn't a lot of punctuation. I don't understand the five stars here. This is inarticulate dross. (gasps) The author and a small group of radical feminists are certainly angry with Dawkins, another white male heterosexual... Greta Christina... um, Oh, God damn it! Mm. That's not quite the name, I don't think. You're close in what you're doing right now. Angry feminists? Why are are atheists angry? Yes. Oh. The subtitle being 99 Things That Piss Off the Godless. Ah. So that, that whole sentence is... I haven't read that yet. The author and small group of radical feminists are certainly angry with Dawkins and other white male heterosexual middle class males for well air being white male heterosexual middle class males and for caring about the plight of Muslim women rather than recognizing that certain middle class white American females are actually the most opposed group in history as indicated by the fact that some white males once disagreed with them at a conference. I don't know if this is a believer that wrote this. I think this Doesn't is matter. It, well, like a men's rights advocate yeah. kind of person. But yes, Greta Christina, why are you atheists so angry? Huh. And, the, and the reason why I didn't read the title of a review is because it kind of maybe might give it away, but don't bother. Read Hitchens, Dawkins, or Sam Harris instead. 
Go read a man. Uh, yeah, it's probably not a believer, actually. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, angry white male atheists. Yeah, there was, there was like a lot of repeating of male, 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 male. They're angry at males for being male, males, and males, males, males. So That's fun. <laughs> All right, so it's two to one. Gary's still in the lead, but Donna is catching up fast. What a waste of money. November 13th, 2012, by Justice 518. Brief history of time. <laughs> I know the new thing is to hate Muslims, but just hate people then don't write books. It doesn't do much to read hate messages already presented by Fox News. I can watch Fox News for free. I guess the author has to make a living somehow, and bashing people these days... Religion's God is not great? Nope. Yeah. Bashing people these days makes big bucks, especially if you hate Muslims. You can get a lot of money from Jews these days if you spread hate, propaganda, and lies without telling the facts. I, I don't know. Uh, is it um, probably an ex-Muslim? Yes. Female? Ayan yes. Hirsch Ali's autobiography. And I know I just butchered that. That is her name. But what's that? I don't know. Was... I don't remember the name of the book. God damn it. An ex-Muslim who hates Muslims just to piss people off. And what would you book. call an ex-Muslim, Donna? Infidel. Yes. Thank you. So I'll give you each a half a point on that. <laughs> okay. So, technically, rounding up and down, you're tied to each. So, Why did you ask Donna? Because <laughs> she had gotten the, the author, so I, th I gave her first just, chance to see uh, if she minute. could remember. Just the... because she knows the person's name. <laughs> I'm not good at names. Anyway, go ahead. Clearly. No, we learned that from the birthday sentence. <laughs> no. It's the guy with the thing, with the witcher thing, that did the thing. Right, Rube Goldberg. There you go. <laughs> All right, there are a few different uh, one-star reviews on this one, so I'm just going to keep reading different reviews until you guys chime in. Again, this one is a little harder. Brief history time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. I got a running gag here. Okay. <laughs> Review number one. Dumb! February 27th, 1914. Well, that's vague. Most retarded book that I have read. Besides the fact that this is super boring, it has ideas of how things evolved which are far-fetched. Origin of species. No. Oh, uh, Review uh, number uh, two. Uh, great, uh, greatest show on earth. Dawkins. Nope. Oh. I'll, I'll give you guys at least one clue. I have not repeated an author in oh, this okay. game. Uh, number uh, two. Your Inner Fish. By, uh, oh, Curse Dang, it has a PBS thing, too. Oh, bugger. Who did, who did your inner fish? curses. You're 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 almost there. Damn it! I have this. I think it's on my on my uh, tablet. Shub. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're almost in there. Neil Shubin. Thank you. <laughs> Why do I have to get the name? I got the book! <laughs> so, rounding, you have three points and Donna has two because you each got half a point on that last one as well. So you won. Yay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. And there were several reviews along the lines. The next one I was going to read was a short one that said, Ridiculous book! Theories are unfounded and make absolutely no sense of all, at all. This book is boring and reading it was tedious. But the amazing thing about that is the theory 
showed them where to look for the fossil. Exactly. <laughs> it's just that's just fascinating. Well, that one was by Abe Braswell in Salina, Texas. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Way you go, yeah. Selena. Yeah, so that is the one-star Amazon reviews uh, game show. So congratulations, Gary. You are queen of the podcast. Huzzah! <laughs> well, Speaking let, of books, <laughs> let us know, listeners, if you like that segment, and we'll either bring it back every once in a while yeah. or trash it entirely. <laughs> exactly. And now that I I won, I can show my face. How did we not know what today was? Oh my god, I just found this out. It is apparently World UFO Day. Oh, oh that's right, yeah. Oh my god. It's the like the anniversary of the... Um, um, uh, Alright, I'm making a dropping notion with my hand. Um, fell in Nevada. Uh, the, the Roswell crash. That was New Mexico, not Nevada. It's those... Western states. It's all the same damn thing. They're all just big blocky desert areas. Says the guy from New Jersey. Jersey. Which New is York. not a blocky desert area. We have no, cows and tomatoes and forests. And oompa And smokestacks and oil drums. But and pollution. <laughs> Am I wrong? We have one Oompa which is even when she isn't even from the state. As I spit all over the Whatever. mic. <laughs> But I'm not going to rant about that. I could write a book about that, which other people would have to face, which would be horrible. Oh, my, my transition was a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> as if you haven't been paying attention to the news, not that news, but the other news, the, the other other news, the news that... People got upset briefly, and everyone forgot about. Uh, Facebook did an experiment on Facebook users, like six hundred and eighty-nine thousand and three users. <laughs> <laughs> well, why did they didn't stop at six hundred eighty-nine? But thousand. Uh, I think I think the three pushed pushed it over the edge. <laughs> they kept running it until they got some sort of statistical significance. Hey, right. you know what? In in Facebook's defense. At least they weren't analyzing, say, seven. Okay, I want to give them that. I that is the power of dealing with something like Facebook or Twitter. You have a large base that you can work with. That's right. And, we'll and that's get, the we'll only get, positive thing we'll about this We'll get back podcast. to this massive number in a moment. Yeah. yeah, because turns out the massive number is actually not that massive. Well, it's still pretty massive as, as far oh. as... But the results uh, yeah, belie Massive number that produced little tiny results. Exactly. Little tiny. So in case you didn't know, in January 2012, for one week only, and as is listed in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, Facebook changed or actually updated people's statuses with either happy or sad or neutral words. I thought they were just leaving statuses out. They, they altered the algorithm that decides what posts show up on your feed. Right. So kind of like the thing that I hate right now, the top stories thing, where it decides what which of your friends' stories are the top stories. Right. It basically said, well, we're going to not we're going to show more of the positive ones or more of the negative ones or take away negative ones or show positive ones. 
I to didn't users. get that from what I was reading. Yeah, but. there's a lot of back and forth on different postings about it. The further you get okay. from the original, it seems like Researchers, it was the... In an article from the AV Club... Researchers skewed the number of positive or negative okay. terms seen by randomly selected users. Okay. Facebook yeah. then analyzed future postings of those users over the course of a week to see if people responded with increased positivity or negativity of their own. Right. That's what they were studying. Okay, so you're it, right. It, it's it was still manipulating the news feed. Yeah. Right. yeah it, Which they do anyway, so what's the big deal? It, But it pisses users off enough, like I was complaining about the top stories thing. Sure. But... No, I, I can They didn't create posts out of thin air, which I was worried about f first when I heard the headlines about this. Right, and and what, that was see, that's that's where the confusion lay because I couldn't find the actual study. Granted, I didn't look like really hard, but um, <laughs> it, I did read that the original posts were still available on the wall, which means you had to go to the wall of all your friends to see right. what they were actually posting, which is the case anyway, because. Facebook likes to mess with your feed. And it was it was just ads. additional manipulation for what users might think for no good reason. Right. right. So uh, a spokesperson said about this. Well, should we, should we talk about the results first and then go back and see what they say? Let's do the results. Okay. So the results were that point zero seven percent. No, let's let's clarify this. We're not talking seven percent. Right. We're talking Less seven tenths. Of one percent. Uh, Let's just clarify that, right? Tiny. Yeah. That is. It's a it's a very 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 small correlation here. Uh, basically, if you had positive messages, you would. Uh, re so you saw positive messages. The people would respond with more positive, and if you saw negative, people would respond with more negative. And interestingly, if it was neutral, people just stopped posting. <laughs> But the effect size was 0.07%. That's, you know, a hundredth of a percent. Yes. There's seven hundredths of a percent, which meant that if you have the average number of Facebook friends of, say, 300, 350, somewhere around that, which I'm glad to find that I fall in. Um, Your average. <laughs> okay. That means you might see one or two throughout the entire day or that week more positive or more negative posts. Right. It's a very, very, very small effect. Go ahead, um, Donna. From psychology or Psych, Psych Central, Central. Yeah. they said if you post positively on Facebook amongst all of your hundreds of friends, your post will generate an additional 1.75 positive posts. Now, mind you, the average person has a friends list of 338. Okay. If you post negatively, your post will generate a mere 1.29 additional negative posts. Again, from all of your friends. Yes. So, first of all, what effect they did find was a tiny, tiny little effect that was a bare blip, only bare, probably barely reached statistical significance. Then you get into the fact, which I'm sure you're going to get into, that the way they measured this positive and negative thing was basically a big pile of shit. Exactly. <laughs> They used a system called the LIWC. Which, Linguistic Inquiry and Word Count. Yes. Which is kind of a cool little program in that it goes through text and picks out pre... From a dictionary uh, pre, of yeah, words. Predetermined yeah. versions of words that are considered positive 
and negative, and it counts them up. And then it gives you a, sort of a weighted average of what it is. So if you have positive words like good and great, it'll add one and add one. If you have negative words like hate or not, it'll take out. The, so the, the sentence, I am not happy, is, is a, is neutral, a sentence. neutral sentence, yeah. even though technically... It's a negative sentence. Not necessarily. That that negation word, I've, I've read in some, some coverage of this, including, I think, Psych Central, talked about the fact that those kind of negative words that kind of reverse the meaning of something, I'm not having a good day, right. didn't quite get caught in the process because all it finds is the word good. Right. It, it doesn't associate multiple words well, together. Well, what I'm saying, though, is, is that I'm not having a great day comes at a neutral stance. No, it shows as positive. No, it does not. No, because the not will take away one, whereas great is adding one, which puts it at a zero. No, I understand that as a human being with a brain who understands how our language works. But the computer system doesn't associate those negations. No, it's reversed. The computer system sees not and takes away one. The computer system sees great and adds one. It's a neutral sentence to the computer. But for our contextualization, we're saying that it would be a negative sentence because I'm not having a great day is, well, pretty damn negative. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a negative sentence. But the computer sees it as neutral because it only adds numbers and then says, okay, well, the majority of good words to the bad words are either uh, over there. I read in these descriptions talking about this that it that the – L-I-W-C does not pick up negation words, period. Like the fact that we can get more into other stuff, which okay. is more things like we're, we're, sarcasm and well, yeah, context and that, irony yeah. and stuff like that of, 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 of those kind of, well, you say, well, you know, I, I hate the fact that uh, the USA won in soccer last week or something like that, where you, people know you like soccer or something like that. I know that's a horrible example, but you, yeah. you know if you, in there, you hashtag sarcasm after your what you said, the system doesn't pick it up. Kind of like it also, this system was built back in the '90s and updated in 2007. I don't know if the word "woot," the internet word of W00T, I don't know if that existed. I don't know if it would pick up the phrase uh, "bless your pointy little head." which Donna has said on several occasions during the few years of the show, that that's kind of a negative association of, like, the the more traditional Texas no, phrase bless of, you. bless your heart, that kind bless of thing. Bless your heart. Of, that's really kind of a negative thing. This, leaving aside the negation word disagreement that we're having, but it's all this other stuff that it doesn't pick okay. up, well, which is problematic. Right. It doesn't In, do linguistics. Right. This tool was created to analyze books and paragraphs. Large swaths of text. Yes. Not, well, I mean, Twitter is a lot shorter, but, but, even, but Facebook even Facebook books are yeah. not that long. Yeah, and to, unless you get people who Unless you're lawyers. a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or someone <laughs> ranting about the Hobby Lobby decision. <laughs> right, exactly. Currently, exactly. So they're, they're misapplying this tool. Right. And it simply isn't made. Now, it's, it's a cool it's tool. It's the wrong tool for the job. Yeah, but is it's, what a, it, I, it's a cool tool to say, okay, well, this one has this many positive and negative words, but it's not a good tool to say that this is a positive or negative sentence or idea. Well, the unfortunate part is because of wanting to blind themselves to bias on this, 
it was kind of a throw it over the wall technique of that would feed all the large amount of data from the 600 plus thousand users into the system and it would just return them back numbers. Right. No one was actually reading these sentences themselves to exactly. either confirm or whatever. So they they have no idea just how bad this effect could be of this bad system. Right. And they're making all these claims off of these positive and negative words and assuming that means mood, where one, they didn't actually do anything to measure anyone's mood. They couldn't. It was all kind of post hoc kind of stuff. But also, my uh, my big problem with uh, using this liter linguistic system, but also how they did the experiment, is the especially on the context thing of someone writes, I'm having a bad day, and the next person posts, wow, that sucks, let's go get dinner. Those are both kind of negative sentences. It has no negation or whatever of, you know, reversing meaning or anything like that. They both say suck and bad. Right. But if someone says, I'm having a bad day, and someone responds of, I feel your pain with saying that sucks, let's go do this, that might make your mood better, even though it's rating it as a negative mood. Right. Or you could be sarcastic system. and say, well, that's great. I'm having a fantastic day, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so right. you, you can't apply mood to any of this, even just looking at the words. Right. And that's one thing that they, they said they specifically set out not to do was to slowly ally on this system. They didn't actually physically look at any of the responses that the system picked up on. Which so, is a, a big weakness. Right. Because, once again, context makes everything. But they're they're putting all this weight onto the saying that, well, this proves that mood has been changed. Yes. It, you know, you've got the, the, the bad reading of words. You've got, well, two negatives may seem like a positive to someone else. But also, I know a lot of people that lie on Facebook <gasps> that put their best face forward or... Sure just vague book or something like that where maybe someone's feeling really crappy but all they're doing is vague booking and you're not really telling what their real mood is right well there's a an interesting other study that sort of found out a similar result which ran from 2009 to 2012 also using facebook okay and it was done by Lorenzo Saviello and some other people. And what they did is they, they correlated weather and weather and posting with spreading bad mood. Right. So a person in Seattle where it was raining says, oh, gosh, it sucks, would also cause someone in Dallas who was a friend of theirs to have a slightly moody day as well because of their post. Interestingly enough, they also use the LIWC yeah. method to do it. It's be being relied on a lot more because you have a lot of wonderful, powerful potential data in Facebook and Twitter or whatever. Right. But, but the point is... You can't process that as a human. Right. But the point is that it kind of shows how once someone does something in the research world and shows that they get a result of some sort, suddenly it becomes okay for another person to do the exact same thing even though the original reason for doing it is, so it's kind of like it's all it's always been done this way that, mm -hmm. that, that old joke with the monkeys right and so once someone does this like oh well they can do that and they have no idea 
or they unexplain the the pros and cons of using this system because someone just they just look at the results and said, well, Facebook has a zero point seven percent, you know, <laughs> increase in moodiness of of people, and therefore by using the same system, we can determine whether people are doing the same thing. I, I thought that was uh, a rather yeah, interesting. Was. We we do know, like both of these studies do show to a certain extent. We know from just living with people and being around each other that people will affect each other's moods. Right. But that's a lot more powerful when you're living together or, or see, family or, or family or see each other for a weekly recording of a podcast or something like that. You you do influence each other. Sure. But um, the yeah. uh, the writer Alice Robb at the New Republic kind of upset me a little bit. Well, first of all, she's completely against Facebook and uh, <laughs> but she she has this quote that says regardless of the morality the study would be easier to justify if it actually yielded an interesting result but what the study looked into is not remotely surprising psychologists have known for decades that social contagion affects nearly every aspect of our lives blah 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 it seems to me she doesn't understand science because the result isn't necessarily that obvious it, it's right. it's oh it's common sense but perhaps it's not the for the for the same reason for the reason that we think it is or right. it seems like common sense that we know we affect each other but does that still continue on to the social network what, and does it, does it is there can, anything can, there can you yeah. can you do it textually yeah. right because she's talking about oh well yeah we talk with people or when you're around people and like your best friend's having a baby and so therefore you want to have a baby blah 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 but i i know that you can write emails that piss people off <laughs> right right uh so we know that's good but just by saying i'm happy does that make other people actually feel happy not Some, necessarily sometimes if someone posts I'm really, really happy, and you're not happy. That makes you feel worse. Exactly. Now, so you might we, not post about that. However, <laughs> exactly. We know it has an effect, but using what someone self volunteers to post and self edits yeah. is is problematic. It's yeah. it interesting from the quote that you gave about this thing that they dismissed the morality side of it. A lot of people are writing about the fact that this is basically a study on humans where their moods were potentially being manipulated. Right. And apparently there's some problems with how Facebook kind of... There and, were some and, ethical and considerations. ...did yes. this, because there were other authors from the University of California and Cornell who were involved in this, but... So nobody went and got an IRB, which is an institutional review board, okay on this, for essentially what is a human experiment. Right. F Facebook did not, although they claimed... That it fell under their, their usage. Their terms of agreement. However, uh, according to The Atlantic, who kind of did sort of an expose on this, uh, they didn't change, they didn't add the words use for research until March, so after <laughs> the study. Now, the people at Cornell who did the data analysis didn't have to have an IRB because they were taking the data, they were just given they the data yeah. and, and they were analyzing it. So apparently that... There was also some question on whether the United States government had anything to do with it, and that is not the case. However, the one I was talking about that went from 2009 to 2012, that was a military study. So. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's been <laughs> but, some talk that I think it's the UK was talking about potentially investigating whether or not this was ethical or not. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a hard, it's hard to say. 
the, the way I think about it is that there's been a lot of really good studies done based on the data you can get from OkCupid. But yeah. a lot of that is I self-volunteer to answer the question, are you an atheist or not? And then you answer the question, do you like bunnies or not? So you can say whether you can correlate being an atheist versus a believer with whether or not people like bunnies or not. You're actively answering questions and you're, you can do that with a survey where nothing is, no one's being manipulated there. Right. So people aren't angry at OkCupid for those studies, but they're angry about not knowing they were part of a study and also the idea that they could be manipulated without, you know, their permission. Right. And it had, had it been a, a large correlation, that could have been extremely prob problematical. Yeah. But in, in this case, it, it it's a little bit iffy. I don't like the I don't like the fact that they're screwing with the feeds anyway. But we know that they screw with the feeds. So from my point of view, it doesn't that make that much of a difference. But Facebook isn't my my social network. It, yeah, it's not nearly as unethical as the you think you're shocking someone to death experiments sure? from the 1970s or whatever. Right. But it's still... But that it's, at least it's passed a, an IRB. <laughs> <laughs> that was way back when. They wouldn't let people do the Stanford prison experiment nowadays <laughs> because it was too manipulative. Right. It definitely – it's a lot more of the gray area than either like an OkCupid okay survey type experiment or whatever where you're just taking data post hoc and right. you, you have given your permission to, for your, your data to be shared. Because well, again – Well, you do we have. give your permission to be shared. Right. It's on, in on that, both. That's what that I'm saying. long, long terms of service that nobody ever reads. Right. That everybody uh, just goes click, 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 well, click. But the difference was that Facebook – we knew that they were going to share the data on where we click and all that and what we click on. Um, and that they were going to share our data. But they didn't say that it was going to be used for research purposes directly right. until after March. So in that, in that way, they're being real shady about the whole thing. Well, you, they could have done research like, say, everybody who identifies themselves as an Aries or something based on entering their birthday – and then say, do people based on their star sign click on the ads more than not, or something? Well, they, like. they could they, have just that would have been a lot more ethical, is what I'm saying. Well, well yeah. they they didn't have to manipulate the feed. Exactly. They could have just looked at the feed and found the happy things and see what people responded yeah, to. Exactly. Yeah, that's that would have been a much more uh, friendly and nice way of well, running it, this. Yeah, well, it wouldn't yeah. be so uh, subversive. Yes, but the problem is though is that they were looking to see. Specifically, if A leads to B. Right. And this is the also the next part that kind of creeps me out about Facebook. So a spokesperson responded to The Atlantic about this. And they said, we do research to improve our services and to make the content people see on Facebook as relevant and engaging as possible. A big part of this is understanding how people respond to different types of content, whether it's positive or negative in tone, news from friends or information from pages they follow. We carefully consider what research we do and have a strong internal review, blah, blah, blah. So, in other words, now we knew, again, that they're trying to uh, cater to... The people, and this is we. I've talked about this. Well, we've talked about it before. How they're giving you what you want, but not necessarily what you need. So, if all you want is happy posts, all you're going to see are the happy posts. But maybe you don't see yeah. about your friend's puppy dying, and so you post about your puppy, and suddenly that person's really upset. You know what I'm saying? So, so they're kind, they're they're really whitewashing the whole social 
the whole idea of being on a social network mm-hmm. and just making it a positive experience, which is good from their point of view, but from a life right. point of view, you, you know, it, life is not Disney. Right. <laughs> well, the Adam Kramer, who was the data scientist, said we were concerned that exposing to friend, exposure to friends' negativity might lead people to avoid visiting Facebook. We clearly didn't state our motivations in the paper. And their former head of data research, Cameron Marlowe, offered... Our goal is not to change the patterns of communication in society. Our goal is to understand it so we can adapt our platform to give people the experience that they want, which is the exactly. experience that Facebook wants you to have, right. not... Right, and like, what they didn't said, say after the sentence, the experience you want or whatever, is also the experience our advertisers want to be able to reach the people we want so. you to be able to reach to. That's another kind of creepy feeling that people had about this is that there were some statements about this experiment that it came from a portion of Facebook wanting to be able to point people's eyes and give them the advertising that they might click on so that they can make money. Sure. There's a little mm-hmm. cynicism over why they ran this experiment, which bothers well, people. Well, I it think bothers me that cynicism. It bothers me that Facebook itself ran it. Yeah. Right in there. Yeah. That is an ethical gray area that quandary we'll call it you know and it basically has resulted down into digital gerrymandering right yeah they might have to be brought before a congressional hearing and be told that they're unethical like maybe get a talk down by senator claire mccaskill hmm isn't Hmm. that named after the mountains mccaskill oh no it's cats cat skills yeah Okay, never mind. Uh, Yes, that's right, Greg. I wonder who could have possibly gone in front of a Senate committee to uh, be grilled for doing false advertising stuff. Greg? Dr. Oz. Oz. The great and powerful Dr. Oz. And the wonderful, wonderful things he does. Fame. (laughs) <laughs> yes, all of the wonderful things he does, like sell uh, green bean extract. Green coffee. Well, green coffee extract. Green he coffee. doesn't sell it himself, but I no, guess we're belly... No, he just fucking promotes it like yeah. shit. I guess we're burying the lead on this one. Are we? Do the lead. <laughs> that was the lead. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I got that. Here's the rhythm. Okay, go ahead. Okay, listeners can mix that into their own themes. And here's the drums. Okay, go ahead. I'm done. There might, there, might, there might be a keyboard part. <laughs> oh, the bass. Hey. I was You pretend like I'm not going to edit this out. I know. So about halfway through June, in between our last show and this show... The great and powerful Oz was asked to come before the Subcommittee on Consumer Protection, Product Safety, and Insurance. And uh, the before-mentioned Senator Claire McCaskill essentially gave Dr. Oz a tongue-lashing about his... A a uh, low-calorie dressing down. (laughs) Let's see. Because it's healthy. About the various weight loss products that he would... Uh, Pimp. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be diplomatic, but... Uh, Why? No. He's a jerk. <laughs> I, I concur. I, I think he's gotten swept up in his own fame. 
because the the fact is that I I think in the early years of his show he actually did say diet and exercise diet and exercise but my opinion is essentially there's only so many episodes where you can do that so he's need to, needed to branch out into other stuff to tell people about to get people's interest on okay his whole stance is summed up in his one quote to Senator McCaskill, which was, my job, I feel, on the show is to be a cheerleader for the audience. And when they don't think they have hope, when they don't think they can make it happen, I want to look, and I do look everywhere, including in alternative healing traditions for any evidence that might be supportive to them. Right. He looks for the evidence rather than... I'll, yeah. he, he, he tries to find confirming evidence rather than looking at all the evidence like right. I, I want to talk right. this on the show does anybody say anything good about that great i'll talk about right it. or his he, researchers do he also him. went on to say to not have the conversation about supplements at all however would be a disservice to the viewer in addition to exercising in abundance of caution in discussing promising research and products in the future i look forward to working with all of those present today in finding a way to deal with the problems of weight loss scams this is him backing his shit up right but when it comes down to it he promoted bad science and they went bad boy yeah and slapped him down and it honestly the man should be in jail <laughs> just my opinion I, yeah, I definitely think the Federal Trade Commission should have something to say about what he's doing because he's he's putting forth things that are not true. Yeah. He's making claims. Yes, and it's and he has well, he, sorry, he's he, promoting the claims that the product makes, and I think that's a that's a key distinction right. uh, between because he's not well, he is he is he is reiterating the claims, but he's also taking. Small studies, like there was this one study done in India, funded by a supplement company, on these green coffee beans, which was yeah. the big subject of the hearing, which showed really weird effects, and we can get that into later, of it really just showed that if you had these green coffee bean enzymes either at a placebo, low dose, or high dose in any order, because they did kind of self-controls rather than three separate groups where they just switched the order on these 16 people, which is a tiny, tiny thing. The experiment just showed that everybody lost a lot of weight over the first few weeks, then plateaued, right. no matter what they were on. You mean and, almost as, uh, under a normal diet, yeah. strangely. There were right. a lot of other problems with this study. Of It was all self-report on their food and their exercise and other small sample size, all that kind of stuff. But he takes that small study which shows a tiny little maybe statistically significant effect and says on his show, he uses words like, this is a miracle in a bottle. Right. This is the holy grail of weight loss, which he called another thing, Garcinia Cambogia, which right. comes from an Asian fruit or something Melt like that. Melt your fat away without diet or exercise, magic pill, and scientific formula. That's, Those... where, he, that's where he crosses the line from just repeating other people's claims to really talking it up way more than he had to. Right. Well, they might have written it for him, so he could just be a paid shill. Uh, and then my, my point, my, my point, my point is the, the liability that he faces then is that, oh, well, I'm just, he can, he can hide behind that. Mm -hmm. Now, he's an actual doctor, and he's very proud of that, and I think he wears a lab coat to prove that he's a doctor. Or scrubs. 
Or scrubs. Mostly scrubs. Because when, when he went up against um, uh, Novell, he was Novella. all in scrubs. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it. Really? Oh, I, I live tweeted it, as a matter yeah. of fact. <laughs> no, I remember that. I was like... Now, the, one of the things, though, is... I, f- I still find it amazing that in this day and age of technology and information, how people will still fall for someone who comes on at 3.30 in the afternoon claiming that they know the cure. It yeah, doesn't the, the make miracle. any sense. Yeah. It, it, if, if this were true, that... it. it it leads a bit into a uh, an overarching conspiracy theory that daytime television viewers must have that they don't want you to know the yeah. truth. Right. And it's it's fairly disturbing. But it also explains a lot about the politics and the science the problems that we're right. having in the United States right now. One of the things that I found out when researching this was actually behind the company that makes this green coffee extract – one of the companies. Oh, yeah. So there is a company owned by Nicholas Congleton, Brian Walsh, and Paul Pasquale. Goes in tight. They were sued last month by the FTC for the selling of the product Green Coffee Extract. And it's not a first for Congleton, who's been sued for duping his customers before that. They've also didn't bother to tell folks that the people who endorsed it got the product for free of charge and were paid for their promises. Additionally, among the allegations, they would also send out postcards in the mail promising free cruises just for showing up to their stuff. And instead, the cruises had fees attached. Airline and resorts plastered on the postcards had no relationship with the company. Additionally, he's been (laughs) arrested for battery. It's like a crooked timeshare company kind of presentation thing. When he was actually reported um, accosted by a reporter talking about his travel club stuff, he told the reporter that he wasn't the owner and that it was the customer's own damn fault anyways and drove away. Yeah, the, so, some of these people definitely know that they're just jumping on a bandwagon because Dr. Oz says anything. They, they've labeled it the Dr. Oz effect or something right. along those lines. of He says something about it, and not only do the people who already sell it slap the Dr. Oz says we're awesome label on their stuff, but also lots of other companies come out of the woodwork and start selling the stuff. And the problem is, as we all know, that all this supplement stuff is not regulated at all. So it may have some of the active ingredient. It may have other stuff mixed in. People don't realize it may have contraindications with medicine they're already taken. All this kind of stuff. You know what? I would give Oz... A centimeter of credit if he hadn't said this. <laughs> my job, you know, we've, we've talked about my job is to be a cheerleader for the audience when they don't have hope. I have things I think work for people. I want them to try them so they feel better so they can do the things we talk about every day on the show, like diet and exercise. Now, here's where he loses it. When I can't use language that is flowery, that is exulting, I feel like I've been disenfranchised. This isn't about his <laughs> yeah. customers. This isn't about doing the right thing. This is about selling the goddamn product that he's probably invested in. We don't know for sure. We don't know that for sure, but likelihood he is getting some form of financial kickback. The the most obvious financial kickback that he gets is that he talks about this stuff on the show and more people watch his show. 
So the more new products he can talk about, oh, this new unprecedented miracle, despite the fact that I talked about an unprecedented miracle the Last month week. before. Yeah. I mean, it's been, like I said, there's the yes, Garcina how, how many goddamn fucking miracles can a man find? There's the green coffee beans, and then there was this... Slightly ras- green coffee beans. Raspberry ket- uh, ketones. Yeah. Which is essentially a chemical that is in raspberries, but you would have to consume so much raspberries to get that at any sort of effective level that any supplements they make of that substance is all lab-made anyway, so none of it is natural or anything like that. Right. Ah, but homeopathy. And even then, it's not been shown any sort of effect except in, I think, just mice studies. So these miracles that he's talking about, he, he wants to advertise like... I know the truth. I have this miracle. So more people watch his show. And that's definitely where he is looking at his own pocketbook and right. not looking well, past it to what his he knows own better about. And he knows that people are profiting. Unscrupulous people are profiting off of the words that he is saying. That is a problem. Yeah, oh, but he's bro. saying like, oh, I, you know, I feel terrible about that. I can't control what people put right. on their packages. But he could he could basically say, "I'm not going to endorse any products about this, or or or, or yes, something along those lines." I won't, I won't endorse lines. it until you put all of the facts on the product. Yeah. Right. Or but, I've heard about this. Let's reserve judgment. Let's be skeptical. And right. we saw with the whole thing with the novella, he doesn't want to be skeptical. Right. He wants but, to make TV that people will watch. Senator McCaskill really kind of nailed the point down when she said. I don't get why you need to say this stuff because you know it's not true. The scientific community is almost monolithically against you in terms of the efficacy of the three products you called miracles. We didn't call you this hearing to beat you up, but you can either be part of the police or be part of the problem, and we hope that you'll do a better job at being part of the police. Damn straight, right there. <laughs> yeah. That's what he needs to be told. And honestly, I think he needs to go to jail. Unfortunately, but. the police have broken up and he can't sing. <laughs> I was more going to say, unfortunately, there's going to be no follow-up with this. No. Because I, I know, like like we said, FDA doesn't regulate supplements. So the only thing they can do, they, they nobody has to prove effectiveness or safety with any of these. It's no. only if people start dying that the FDA starts getting involved. Yeah, But, I mean, he may actually ha- hold a... Uh a fundamental religious belief about the whole thing. So <laughs> it should be okay for him to be on, on television preaching, I think. But uh, I th- completely disagree with you. So. <laughs> one thing I want to say about uh, this whole thing before we move on is there is an interesting thing in reading about this. Several people who wrote about the whole Dr. Oz thing mentioned that the Federal Trade Commission has put that out there on the web somewhere that they have this seven-point gut check for determining whether a diet supplement or anything is something you should have red flags about. And I just wanted to read them really quickly, and then you guys can comment as you feel necessary. Number one, causes weight loss of two pounds or more a week for a month or more without dieting and exercise. So the idea that without diet and exercise, you could lose a lot for over an extended period of time, that's unrealistic in their view. Number two, causes substantial weight loss no matter what or how the consumer eats. If you don't change that you're eating McDonald's hamburgers 20 times a day and you're having weight loss, something's weird there. It's called a tapeworm. <laughs> Actually, tapeworms don't really make you lose weight. 
Anyway, they just give you. <laughs> you know that from personal experience? No, there was a study done, and apparently, um, they it, they don't really eat uh, very much at all. Hmm. Hmm. Right. Number three causes permanent weight loss even after the consumer stops using the product, and this is definitely something that Oz talked about. That he seemed to say that these green bean products or green coffee beans meant that you even if people stopped using it, they still kept the weight off. No, then that has nothing to do with the product. Uh, number four, blocks the absorption of fat or calories to enable consumers to lose substantial weight. Anal leakage. Something like that, yes. <laughs> number five, safely enables consumers to lose more than three pounds per week for more than four weeks. If you're severely losing weight that fast for a long period of time, you have something seriously wrong with you. Number six, causes substantial weight loss for all users, or number seven, causes substantial weight loss by wearing a product on the body or rubbing it into the skin like a lotion from... Uh, like those fucking wraps that everybody's doing now. <laughs> I was thinking Silence of the Lambs, but yes. Well, no, the big thing... It puts the lotion on the body and loses three pounds a week. <laughs> or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> okay, y'all are just creeping me out now. You don't want to watch me do my tuck dance? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. look! I crossed the line. There it is yeah, behind me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's way back there, man. That's, that's like eight neighbors ago. <laughs> we didn't even notice when you crossed the line. That's kind of scary. <laughs> oh, I know when I cross the line. <laughs> well, intuition depends well, on the doorway to sensation. And that was the skeptic wire for tonight. <laughs> My name is Donna Swafford, and I'll be leaving now. <laughs> so do we want to talk about the other famous Meister who's stirred up a he pot a of challenge. shit? Yeah. Let's, we he's, he's a challenge to read his stuff as well. <sighs> well, according to the enigmatic wisdom of Deepak Chopra from wisdomofchopra.com, intuition depends on the doorway to sensations. This is the Deepak quote generator, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It is not, in fact, Deepak Chopra. However, it is an incredible simulation. In fact, this could possibly pass the Turing test <laughs> <laughs> if you only uh, did uh, mm -hmm. uh, fortune cookies. Right, but it wouldn't say, you know, give me advice on love, and then if it talked about quantum well, hamburgers, ask, then, yeah. Ask, ask the Chopra a question. Would you like advice on love? Evolution corresponds to humble observations. In bed. In bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said fortune cookies. So. Yes, I agree. Your movement self-interacts with the expansion of happiness. Well, that has to do with... Bed. Yeah. In bed. <laughs> Definitely. So basically, he's just a walking fortune cookie. I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah. So, wh what did Deepak Chopra do this month? As if our listeners hadn't read all of the skeptical blogs about it already. Right. Well, he challenged. He challenged the skeptical community. He tasks me. Yeah. <laughs> I just rewatched The Wrath of Khan. Sorry. He tasks me. I didn't think that was going to break, Donna. It was very random. Very, very good. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to watch that movie quite the same way now. What, you imagine me doing my tuck dance while saying, he tasks me? I think you, she's going to imagine uh, Khan and then Deepak Chopra kind of looking over his shoulder. <laughs> right, yeah, right there. That's... Would you like to destroy the planet? <laughs> I don't know that he spokes like that. 
Yeah, so he ch- he challenged the skeptical in science. Not not, not Khan Noonien Singh. Khan, what? Deepak Chopra challenged. Yes, I was trying to figure out what the the pronouns and who he was. Ah, uh, yes, yes. No, Deepak Chopra sounds like Oprah. <laughs> it's not. It's Chopra because he's Indian. Um, I don't know what that has to do with anything. Also, anyway, he challenged the scientific and skeptical community to explain consciousness. Well, no. To explain normal experience. Oh, normal experience, yes. Um, Which, uh, what is normal? Yeah, to any skeptic who could prove how electrochemical activity in the brain produces the appearance of a three-dimensional world. Um... So, it's, yeah, consciousness, the real world, our perception well, the, of... the quote is... How the brain works. He wants to know We don't know have that. to. We know it does. Ta-da! Yeah. Where's my million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I didn't watch his, his YouTube video post, whatever, but I read oh, his God. couple... I can't stand him. Yeah. Um, I read his couple, his two-part post, because for some reason he couldn't do it in one part. Okay, on... I could only get through the first one. <laughs> yes. And even then, I wanted to gouge my eyes out, forget that I had even looked at it. Yeah. One was called Skepticism and a Million Dollar Challenge, and the other one was called Getting Zombies Excited, It Takes a Million Dollar Challenge. Yeah. And essentially, he was just attacking... Straw man and you know God of the gaps arguments from ignorance about science and skepticism and what it can know or not, and um, if you want a fun little game in addition to doing the Deepak quote generator, if you read either of these Huffington Post articles that well articles blog posts that uh, Chopra did, fi- re- take any- say masturbation. No, no. Because pretty much no, this masturbation is, would be more. This is G-Pack Chopra masturbating. Yeah, it would all produce over the more net. than this. If you want a fun little game, take any random sentence in any of those blog posts, and then follow after it with the phrase dot dot dot. So magic. Because <laughs> pretty much everything they aren't converting the believers to atheism in the face of actual harm done by religion. Um, Skepticism has a very small and insignificant role to play. Dot, dot, dot. So magic. Actually, that, that's an interesting point because his second article claimed that skepticism was not important anymore. We, did, we didn't need yeah. the skeptical movement. And I found that to be uh, absolutely astounding and dangerously stupid. Yeah, he, he said the phrase secularism and science won a, the day long ago. Yes. Does does he actually understand the meaning of those words? I mean, well, does he, he own a dictionary? He knows the <laughs> does, words. He knows the words quantum mechanics, and I therefore know. science. <laughs> so magic, so yes. magic. But I'm asking, does he actually understand what the word science means and what skepticism means? Well, because has the he word... keeps using those words. <laughs> well, he, he has the word. It's it's two words. Science is actually two words. Yes. It's psi, which is psychology and psychiatry, and, and the dancing like, guy from Korea. And right, and then uns, which is of course dance music. Uns, 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 uns. And therefore, it's the dance of psychology, or something like that. <laughs> wow, I, I I I am astounded at the level. I am too. <laughs> 
<laughs> you actually just pulled I, I, out I, of your ass. I, I, I think Chopra is rubbing off on you, and now we're back on masturbation. Ooh. It, Ooh. Yes. Um, apparently, Harpo, hush. This is this was my favorite one when he was in the getting zombies excited. <laughs> Once again, that's a really weird title. It we're back on masturbation. Okay, go ahead. The Four reason brains. that the second position of <laughs> and he's I got really confused with what his positions actually were makes sense is that our thoughts are creating molecules all the time. The chemical makeup of our brain is altered with every thought, feeling, and sensation. That is indisputable, but the bias in favor of materialism is strong, upheld mainly by inertia. Why bother to re-examine the entire creation when it's obvious we are told that we live in a physical universe? You were saying a couple minutes ago that you, you didn't <gasps> think hurts. he understood what science and, and skepticism meant. Where there he's, in one of the articles, he was essentially accusing science of, it just researches something and then stops and says, that's what we know, and it never re-examines everything. Right. But that's exactly what he's doing. He's, he's basically saying, we know for a fact that our thoughts change our brains, so we don't have to think about it anymore. We're done. Right. So magic. And his answer is, Quantum literally, magic. he says, the answer is this. We don't live in a physical universe defined by rocks, trees, mountains, and Chinese porcelain. I totally want to punch him and have him say that again. <laughs> or throw a rock at him. <laughs> and drop a tree on his head. <laughs> exactly. And then he gets on the quantum revolution, unmasked quantum something. Quantum revolution, yeah. And, and well, he, he threw the word in mathematical certainty in there, and I just kind of went... Okay, okay, I can't handle... I well, he uses the science words, and I think he, he tends to equivocate with the terms. Because yes. he, he used the, the term um, uh, in, in the previous uh, inertia. And I think that he may think that it actually means, you know, inertia, the law of inertia, uh, body in motion. And so he, he's not using... A, I don't think he necessarily thinks he's using it in a metaphorical way. He right. means, oh, well, the brain has inertia. Therefore, it moves forward, and it's moving forward in space and time, and it's very difficult to stop. Therefore, magic. Right. Right. He, he goes back and forth between saying that this is a metaphor, which means that's a real fact about the universe, which means it's a metaphor. He, all his writings go back and forth right. like this. And what is right. a metaphor, anyway? Here's the, uh, another quote. Until we know how matter relates to consciousness, there is nothing definitive to be said about the brain, normal experience, and the origin of thought. There are plenty of definitive yeah. things to be said about the brain. Like, example, it has two hemispheres. Like, the brain is made up of a cerebrum, a cerebellum, and a brainstem. Those are all definitive things that we can say about the brain, and I'm not even a fucking neuroscientist, okay? Essentially what he's saying with this explain consciousness million dollar challenge is because we don't know everything about the brain yet, that means we know nothing about it, so magic. Right. So the problem being that exactly what Donna just said, we don't know everything how the brain works, but we do know that if you get injured in a specific part of your brain, that affects a certain part of your your thinking, your consciousness, right. whatever. So we do know that the physical brain is our mind, yet he says we can't possibly say that. But we right. also know that the brainstem is also known as the lizard part of the brain. 
And that is why we are so well controlled by the lizard people. <laughs> Our reptilian gods. Exactly. So speaking of non sequiturs, um, a lot that was of hardly a non sequitur, <laughs> sir. The reptilians will be very mad about you. In the the first one, skepticism and a million dollar challenge, Deepak Chopra says, among other things, basically bashing skepticism. But this kind of um, sums it up. Skepticism as a gadfly movement consists of angry people who play gotcha, adopt an air of smug superiority, and generally alienate anyone who comes close to them. Now, I work very hard to alienate the people that I choose (laughs) to alienate. There are people that I I actually actively choose not to alienate. So um, I will take this chance to alienate Deepak Chopra (laughs) and tell him to go fuck himself. That is a perfect example of what I'm going to say next. The problem is that Deepak Chopra does not understand or is unwilling to understand that when he makes claims about stuff that has been debunked over and over and over again and keeps insisting on it, those people in the skepticism movement, we haven't failed to think about it. We've just heard it so many times, just like every creationist argument from the fundamentalist believers. We've heard them all a thousand times. We have heard nothing new. Matt Dillahunty was talking about his uh, debates over the weekend at the, the the Unholy Trinity thing about saying just the same arguments come up each and every time. So all people like Chopra here are skeptics saying you're a fucking idiot because we're tired of hearing the same thing over and over again. Right. So that's how he gets to accuse us of like Donna was. She was just frustrated with Deepak Chopra repeating all these bullshit right, lies. I don't think I don't think that it, he doesn't get it. I think he gets it perfectly. Yeah. I, I think he's intelligent enough to understand, but the thing is it makes him money. It works for him. Mm-hmm. It's the same same reason that the that, Doctor Oz. Yeah. Yeah, Doctor Oz or even the preachers in the uh in the pulpits saying and that Joel evolution, Austin. Evolution is a lie and it's it's mm-hmm. it's uh it's its own religion. It and, keeps people in the pews so they yeah. give money into the exactly. donation. Yeah, well, I mean, Joel Austin had his church robbed of one day's thing, and it was something like six hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yep. You know, th- yeah. There's a man who's definitely worked the prosperity preaching <laughs> exactly. bullshit. But the 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 unfortunate part is cheap, cheaper. The unfortunate that's, part. <laughs> that's a perfect name for him. The unfortunate part is Chopra is essentially saying, you know, I have my God of the gaps, so magic. You can't prove, you can't tell me everything, so I'm not going to give you the million dollars. And the fact that James Randi hasn't given up his million dollars means there must still be something out there. Right. Or something like that. And it just keeps going round and round and round again. And well, it's one of those unsinkable rubber duckies. Yeah, but as we know, the web rubber of life. Rubber ducky, you're the one. Sorry. <laughs> As we know, the web of life is the foundation of intrinsic chaos. Is that another, another cheap Chopra-esque Chopra generator thing? Chopra generator? No. I, I love this site. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of a screensaver I used to have back in college, which would randomly generate phrases. It had a long dictionary of, of words, and it was just fun to just stare at your computer monitor for hours. Sure. Even sober. <laughs> Well, you know, freedom differentiates into personal space-time events. So magic. Yes. (laughs) So. All right. So, what Uh, did we learn today? That's a good question. Let me see. We learned that one-star reviews 
uh, on Amazon can still tell you enough about the book that you can guess which book they're from, if you know which book they're from. <laughs> it definitely helped narrow down that I was talking about science and skepticism sure. books, and I picked some pretty damn famous books. Yeah, and one of, I mean, because it would be difficult if one of those were for, was for, like, The Hungry, Hungry Caterpillar. It <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have made much sense either. Or Brown Bear, Brown Bear. Or Brown Bear, exactly. Well, yeah, I, I tried to pick ones that at least vaguely went along with the book as opposed to just being random rants or something like that. Like, the one for Greta Christina was obviously an anti-feminist rant. Right. So... That was an easy one to guess. Well, it depends because I'm pretty sure that guys posted that same review on like <laughs> Steinem's books, and Hillary Clinton's book. It's the exact same one. He's just in his mama's basement with the cutting in the face. I have two fingers, I can type. I just can't wait until I come across one for doing a game like this, what it literally is in all caps, and then I will just have so much fun with that. That's right. Uh, so what else did we learn? We learned that Facebook is messing up your feeds to make you happy or sad, but only at 0.07% more happy or sad. Or if they don't post anything, change anything at all, you're less likely to post, which they don't want because they don't make any money if you're not looking at the badminton advertisements. Yeah, they don't care about whether or not we post or not. They care whether or not we click on the ads next exactly. to the posts. And yet I have still not seen a single badminton advertisement. <laughs> we learned that Dr. Oz is, in fact, not from Oz. Uh, I, he may have a curtain, however, which he hides behind. A curtain of doctoral something or other. What right. is it called? Uh yeah, you are a right. degree. <laughs> he is not from Oz. I own all six seasons, and I didn't see him on one episode. Ah, good point. Good point. And I don't think he owns a hot air balloon either. You never know. He's yeah. kind of rich because he's in with these. Uh, he might like Toto. He's, he's about the right age to like Toto. Uh, we also learned that <laughs> emotional intelligence is the path to karmic brains. So magic. So zombies, apparently. <laughs> Zen zombies. Yes. <laughs> Oz, Chopra, all these folks, they're the zombies that just won't get put down. No. Nope. shoot them in the head and they st still keep coming back. Yep. So, that being said, uh, thank you all for joining uh, me, us, this week. This month. I, I, this month. I, I have no idea how to end it. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Yay! Yay! <laughs> thank, thank you, thank you, Greg and Donna. And we will be back in early, early August, yep. probably posting the first Friday in August, whenever the hell that is. Probably, I think it's uh, the Friday that first falls in August. Yes, yes, Gary. Maybe it's exactly it's, that. It's the first Friday in August. Yeah, I think it's the one after the Thursday, the first Thursday. Well, it might no. not be the first Thursday. We don't really know. <laughs> it's just some first in August that we're dealing with, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Possibly. Possibly. Um, that'll be August 1st, by the way. Oh, wait. Or, be, or you know, it'll be the 8th. The first Friday is the 1st. But the second Friday is the eighth. But the first Wednesday is the sixth. So we really has should have decided this before we started recording the episode, shouldn't we? We'll figure that. Anyway, we'll be back in August. Yes, we will let you know. <laughs> so have a great month. Have a good 
um, Independence Day. If you are our United States citizen listeners, yep. if you're across the pond, sorry, we won. Yeah, but enjoy <laughs> the bombs. What? Well, I mean, because we're probably going to bomb somebody on the 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying for our listeners across the pond, because we, we know we have some of those. Right. We're sorry that... That we're so years ago. independent now. Are you really sorry? No, not really. Yeah. I just, you know what? I'm not sorry because the, the idea of eating steak and kidney pie just kind of actually makes me not. <laughs> and awareness undertakes subjective self-knowledge. <laughs> you are having way so too much magic. Exactly. In bed. Right. We are all so magical in bed with our tuck dance. That would be you. I don't have anything to nope. tuck. Yeah. Tuck your boobs under your no, armpits. No, no. Just stop. Okay. We're done. That's it. <laughs> Ow, stop hurting me, Carrie. I won't do it again. Yeah, but you liked it. <laughs> the Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. star reviews mm. of skeptical books mm. and making it a quiz like the birthday segment of seeing if you can guess what, oh, what that sounds it is. fun. Yeah. <laughs> Gesundheit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I kept him from escaping. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It was slow with deliberation, like, I should put my hand on that. I will keep them in there so they can't (laughs) contaminate anybody else. Forget the fact that she sneezed on you. It was your glass of water that you were more worried about. Of course. I have skin. This doesn't have skin. Otherwise, it'd be pretty bad water. Yes, the only difference between you and the water is that you have skin. And an immune system. Okay, the only two differences between you and the water is that you have skin and immune system, and that's just a glass and, of water. And a, uh... You both have glasses. <laughs> True. Good point, except water actually does not have glasses. It has to be contained within the glass. It doesn't own It is glasses. a glass These of... These are mine glasses. Oh it my is god, a glass we're starting of... up with the Deepak Chopra shit already. Stop it. <laughs> you suck water! No, that was what Emoto... Uh. Don't puke on my carpet, please. Anyway, okay. Um, have you been recording? Yeah, good. <laughs> Not sure how that visual laughter of you covering up your glass of water with your no. hand it would come across. No, but. my goodness, that water tasted foul after I yelled at it. Thank mm. you, Doctor Emoto, Mano? for the heads up on not yelling at my ingestibles. 
<laughs> that was a horrible movie. It is pretty, pretty No, bad. The Incredibles was great. I was thinking more the uh, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, uh, I was, <laughs> the I was Expendables. Thinking, uh, I, no, it's it's no, it's the Ingestibles. Sylvester Stallone and a bunch of aging movie stars all buy a restaurant together. Oh, that was Planet Hollywood. That was Planet. Same guys. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I was actually trying to. Uh, if you haven't seen the Lost Skeleton of Cadavra, it's like a. It was made mid two thousand, I think, and but it was made like a fifties science fiction. So it's a movie. It's a movie. Okay. Sorry, it's a movie. Uh, but it's it was made exactly in the style of the 1950s with the bad dialogue and the bad acting. They purposely acted that. Oops, a boom shot. In yeah, there. It's, it's really funny. There was a... The dialogue is horrible. Some, some, a bunch of people did something similar with a exploitation type film, and I can't remember. It's, I'm going to get you, sucker? No, it was even later than that. It was more recent. Oh. Yeah, well, it's off know. the top of my head, but... It's it's going to bother me, and I'm going to think about it for the next hour and a half while we do the show. But yeah, it's right in the middle of someone's diatribe. <laughs> and that movie was this. <laughs> All right. Um, so <laughs> it's it's the um, black dynamite. Black dynamite. Black. Oh, okay. I think I've heard of that. I think third, I've seen that. No, it's the second of June. It's July. July. <laughs> <laughs> Want to go for the year there, Gary? 2068. So close. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've seen this. I've seen Black Dynamite. Great black exploitation. Yeah, but it was made like in the last ten years. What what episode is this? One six six. Okay. So the slightly underachieving son of the devil. Yes. The extremely the fifth the fifth son of the devil, who just wants to dance. <laughs> I don't want to be evil, father. I want to be good and be kind. You'll be evil, and you'll like it. In this family, we are evil. Now go so, tune up your fiddle so you can play that guy in Georgia. So this is what Exorcist meets Billy Elliot. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you want to dance. It's really hard to have rhythm with those cloven feet. Pirouette, pirouette, and bow. You know that I'm going to tell this to Luna, and he's going to go. There's I think you're on to something. Swafford, I, I think you're on to something. And Gary, you can do sound for this movie because you love doing that. And the, and, the, and the priest has to be a Baptist minister, which is why the devil can't dance. <laughs> or Church of Christ. Or Church of Christ. <laughs> but in ironic twist, this time it's the devil's played by John Lithgow instead of being the, I don't know. <laughs> Who was the bad guy in Footloose who said you shouldn't ah, dance? Okay, I was thinking he was yeah, also that the was bad a, guy. He was, was also a, the bad guy in um, Cross, uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Yes, he was. And that John Big Boutet. Was it? No, not John Big Boutet. That was uh, that was uh, Chris. Whatever, whatever. Raising Cain. That's what I was thinking. Christopher of. Lloyd. Uh, That's yeah. actually a pretty good chicken place. <laughs> <laughs> There is a chicken place named Raising Cane? Yes. Okay. 
It's actually right up the road. Okay. How do you not know this, Greg? Hey, it's near where they're putting up the new um, In-N-Out burger. Yeah. You guys are getting, like, everything over here. My side's got nothing. My first In-N-Out here in San Antonio. Your side has you, Gary. I just want to dance! (laughs) (laughs) And play flute. In the orchestra. (laughs) That's where I draw the line. Second chair. Evil flute. (laughs) (laughs) I'll allow you to play flute in progressive jazz bands, but never in the orchestra. (laughs) Damn it. So what you're saying is I'm not really evil because I did that in high school. You played in progressive jazz bands? No. Well, yes, actually. I played in progressive. I played jazz band in high school, but I also. Lead electric triangle. Lead Electric Triangle of Toad the Wet Sprocket. It's a um, Monty Python. No. Okay. Lead, lead Electric Screwdriver? <laughs> I'll show you a screwdriver. Hitachi <laughs> <Tachi> Magic Wand? <laughs> Rabbit? <laughs> anyway, sorry, what? I don't know what's going on. So you played in, in jazz band? played, uh... Saxophone and Judgment, and I played flute and orchestra. Yeah. Interesting. I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> cool. Completely random thoughts. So how are we doing this? Okay, so we have like the hellos and that thing, and do we have a birthday? We do have a birthday, unless you want to do the Amazon thing instead. Oh. Or mm-hmm. we could Let's basically... Try the Amazon Let's try thing. the Amazon Just, thing. Yeah. Okay. Basic, I, I, if, it, if, it, if it flops, then we'll just do the other thing. Okay. That's that's probably a, a good Is that thing. wise? Am I wise in the ways of doing something or other? If it flops, we'll release it as a mini-episode halfway through the month. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff that didn't make it, for good reason. <laughs> yeah. Like this whole last 20 minutes. Exactly. Um, so I've prepared five different books, and I was thinking just a best of five uh, do you guys think that I should basically each a- ask each of you two of them and then have a tiebreaker, or just read the the I think review? Just into read. Start, start reading the review and see if we can first guess person it. in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so we have makes book. me want to have like a, a buzzer button system, but ding ding ding, uh, book review, and then we do Facebook, right? Yeah. And then we do. Speaking of books, and then we do. Uh, Oz. Dr. Oz. Doctor. He is he is an actual doctor. doctor. I know, so is Deepak Chopra, but I'm sorry, I believe that their medical license should be taken away. I concur. Do I I don't think I have a buzzer. Am I supposed to spell Chopra like Oprah? No. Okay. No. Why not? 